Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. episode, I'm pleased to feature painter Anna Benaroya. Anna was born in New York City and raised in New Jersey. She graduated with her MFA in painting and printmaking from the Yale School of Art in 2019. From a queer perspective, Anna's work explores notions of power and desire by exaggerating and distorting the human body, playing with its form and its relationship to other bodies. She draws from the visual languages of comics, caricature, and pop culture, and is influenced by images of bodybuilders, cartoons, gig posters, as well as children's artwork. Her solo show, The Softest Place on Earth, opened in New York City at Ross Kramer Gallery last year, November, and she has an upcoming solo show with Carl Castial in London, opening April 2021. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. It gives me pleasure to feature Anna Benaroya. Anna, it's so nice to have you on my podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice to speak with you, Phyllis. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love your work. I was, um, I picked up, I think it was during the Armory show in March of 2020, and I picked up the copy of Juxtapose, and um, that's when I became aware of your work, and I love your work. I love edgy, uh, sort of edgy anything. Oh, thank you. I probably shouldn't be admitting that, but uh, anyone who follows my <laughs> podcast, they probably notice I have a tendency to uh, feature artists that aren't shy to paint or draw the human body. So let's start with you sharing with listeners, uh, when in your life did you discover that you're innately an artist? Um, I'm sure this is many people's answer, but really like since I was a little kid, um, I was always drawing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, superheroes, athletes from the time I was like, you know, two or three onward. And that was like my fixation. I feel like my fixation on the body began then because I was looking at these muscular male figures and kind of copying them to learn how to draw. Um, yeah, I never really question I never really like came across anything else that I wanted to do and I just I so I felt like oh well this is something I'm good at so I should just keep doing it were your parents supportive they were I was very lucky am very lucky to have supportive parents who never like really instilled any doubt in my mind and I they you know they supported me going to art school and then going back to grad school so I'm very lucky in that regard so at that age, I mean, you were young, other than the superheroes, can you think of any artists that influenced you? Um, 
I mean, once I started like looking at books more, I was really into Michelangelo mm-hmm. and like a lot of the Renaissance artists, um, really into Greek and Roman sculpture. Again, there's these like very larger than life bodies that are, you know, usually muscular. Did you spend a lot of time in museums? I did. My parents took me to museums a lot as a kid and I didn't appreciate it initially, but I grew to appreciate it later on. And me and my mom would like go to the Met. It was our favorite thing to do together um, and just like walk around for a day and get lunch. And so, yeah, I like love going to museums. It's one thing I really missed right now. Yeah, that's a nice experience to have as a child. Yeah. Especially there. So when you look back, are are any of your memories reflected in your work? Um, I... You know, I don't think like my work is autobiographical per se, but it, like it doesn't depict reality. <laughs> it's very fantastical, but I would say that it it's connected to my emotional experience for sure. So I think it's maybe emotionally autobiographical, whether or not I'm like fully aware at the time how it is that I, I think I la- can look back on, on work I make and, and kind of see some of that stuff in there once some time passes. Mm-hmm. And are there themes that connect your work? I mean, I guess like the fixation on, on these bodies is the theme has lasted throughout my, my life so far. I, I was like, really, uh, I think I always found it like through my work, like, uh, cause I, I was a pretty shy kid. And so I think making these drawings and depicting these really powerful figures was a way for me to feel empowered in some weird way. Um, and I think that dynamic still is something I think about. Yeah. I think like masculinity, femininity, like desire, power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are things that I explore through the body in my work. Mm-hmm. So you started your practice as an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Share with us, you know, how you've transitioned from illustration, painting, and then you're also sculpting now, right? Yeah, I, I'm sculpting and drawing and painting. And, you know, I didn't really sculpt much before now. But as an illustrator, I, I would use many different mediums, I would draw and paint, use digital um, coloring, like Photoshop and stuff. And I worked for basically 10 years as an illustrator before deciding to go back to school for painting and fine art. And it was just, um, I started, I like, feel like I, I loved illustration, but I was starting to realize the work I was making that I, or that I liked most, um, was the work that was kind of self-directed and didn't really have a client. And I decided like, because I didn't have any education other than art history, uh, in, in the fine art world, I wanted to kind of get a degree that would help me focus on painting in particular to, I don't know, just like have that time to really develop my vision and have a different uh, type of critique than I did get as an illustrator. So I think going back to school was really a big part of that transition for me. And can you expand on that and why you decided on Yale? Well, I applied to a lot of programs. I didn't think I was going to get into Yale. I was surprised I did. And I felt like because I did get in, I it's kind of hard to say no. It just seems like an amazing opportunity. So I, I decided to go there. I liked that it was a p- painting specific department, not like multidisciplinary, like most other art programs are. Yeah, I feel I, I felt like I needed to, I always viewed myself as an artist. I don't really have kind of like these hierarchies between like 
fine art, commercial art, or, you know, whatever category you want to list. Um, but I know that the world does see things that way. So I think like in order to be taken seriously as an artist, I kind of had to get that degree. That was how, how I viewed it. I know that's like not the path for everyone, but also I know myself, like I flourished in like a school environment and having that time to focus what, like I was able to grow much more rapidly, I think, than I would have been able to, if I was, you know, just continuing down the path I was going. It, and I've been told that the Yale education really teaches you how to expand on your narrative. Yeah, I think that they they throw a lot at you in a very short period of time. You get many different perspectives. You know, you have you have visiting artists coming into your studio. You have the faculty. You have your peers who are from all different backgrounds and kind of do all sorts of different things, which I I enjoyed. I felt like. I was exposed to so, so many different types of artists. It was, it's like, you just kind of can't help, but like soak it all in. And it, and you're, you're kind of forced to like, I'm not going to say defend yourself, but like in a way defend yourself or, or find a way to talk about your work because you have to do it so often when um, it's still something I'm working on. But I think like that in itself makes you realize things about the narrative of your work or how you want to present it. Sounds smart. And what what motivates you to create work? When you walk into your studio, you're there alone, you have your music on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what 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 motivates you? You know, it's just like I think if I didn't do this, I would honestly be depressed. Mm. I think it's like uh just the drive that I've always had. Yeah, I find I just find like it gives meaning to my life. And hopefully the goal is like, it gives meaning when people look at it, it gives meaning for other people as well. But ultimately it's for me, it's, it's a way of like coping with, with reality as a, and being a human on this planet. And for me, making art is one way of like outputting, I don't know, or processing everything that, that I, I think about. And yeah, I, I, I always view, I always viewed art making in that way as kind of like just a way of understanding our humanity. And, and if I didn't do it, I don't know what I would do, honestly. That's good. You found it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us don't, you know, so, so what is your, what's your, uh, your workspace like? Is it sunny? Well, it's sunny. I, I definitely have windows in my studio. I, I once had a studio without windows and I didn't like that very much, but, um, it's a relatively small space. It's, uh, in an old school building in Jersey city. And, uh, I like to decorate my studio, kind of make it very homey. I have rugs on the floor, a lot of like postcards and like little tchotchkes all over. And uh, yeah, I work on the floor a lot. So I like it to be comfortable. And I, I'm because it's also not the biggest space. And I have when I'm preparing for a show, sometimes it gets extremely packed and crowded with paintings. So I, I don't actually get like a, a lot of space from my paintings in my studio. When you say you work on the floor a lot, what what does that mean? Well, like a, if a painting isn't too large, I, I usually like start it on the floor. I like have it laying on the floor, paint on it to begin it. And I don't know. It's, I think it comes from like, as a kid, I would always draw in my bed. I would have my sketchbook and just lay in bed and draw. And it's just like, to me, like the natural, I feel the most comfortable if I'm on the floor when I'm working. Yeah, just, but if a painting is really big, then obviously it has to be on the wall. There's just no way for me to work on it otherwise. 
When you're creating work, do you think about who your audience is? Um, not really. I think, I mean, for me, I think it goes back to what I was saying before is that me creating this is really like, it's ultimately for, for myself and it's an added benefit if, if other people take joy and, and appreciate it. Um, but I guess I, I mean, I, it's never like the, the audience is never the reason why I make decisions. But if, if I was thinking of like an ideal audience, then I hope that like recently, like the, my depictions of women are resonate with, with women in some way. And they find perhaps like a new way of looking at themselves in their bodies or how they move through the world. Um, and perhaps for men looking at my paintings, they, I don't know, question the way that they view women and, you know, but these things, I can't, I can't force people to come to those realizations or, or think about those things when they look at my work. Um, but that would be nice if that was something that happened. And also maybe like, um, just like to find humor and enjoyment in the paintings. I think that there is a humor to my work. It's, it's like, there's a lightheartedness to it, even though it deals with serious issues. So hopefully like that is evident to like whatever audience it ends up being in front of. At what point did you start to paint the body parts? Do you remember what motivated you, how you got there? Yeah, I think it, it did start with, with comics actually and with cartoons and looking and, and being obsessed with superheroes like X-Men, Spider-Man, Superman. Then it like evolved. I got an anatomy book one year and I became very interested in the, the muscles of the body and I would copy from that anatomy book and kind of try to get everything right. I don't, I can't explain why I fixated on that, but I did. And yeah, I just, for some reason really identified with that type of body as a child. And I, I wanted to like be able to draw it right, the, the right way. So it started from that, I would say. So the, I mean, I, when I look at your work, there's, it's very muscular female figures, big busted mm -hmm. and colorful. So how did you go from the male figures to the female figures? That happened relatively like recently within the past three to four years. I think like I just started to question why I, I think I just like couldn't find a way to depict women. Well, this is partially maybe where the autobiographical stuff comes into my work. Um, like I, I was like very like closeted through most of my childhood until like undergrad and then like slowly kind of opened up and realized that I was gay. And I think like as a, as a young girl, I, I didn't see any depictions of women that I really identified with, like on TV shows or in movies or even in comics and the books I read. And because of that, I think I drew only men because I think I really, those were the characters I identified with and connected with. And then not until much later, I think I started to like question why I was doing that and uh, kind of decided, like forced myself to start depicting women and find a way that I could do it where I was like connecting with them. And it kind and it slowly evolved from there. And I think like today, like my my goal is to kind of find this balance between masculine and feminine in, in the figures. They're, yes, they're muscular, but they're also voluptuous and sexy and powerful. And the balance between all these things is something I'm interested in. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful bodies of work. And I love the choice of colors that you use. They, 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 they grab your attention. So let's talk about your sculptures. 
How long have you been creating sculptures now? Only within the last year. Uh, I started, I started um, just for fun doing it in my studio. Uh, I actually, when I was at Yale, I had a Micheline Thomas as a core critic of mine. And she came to my studio several times. And one of her suggestions was for me to try sculpture because I think she looked at my paintings and she saw these figures that were these voluptuous bodies that only seemed to make sense. They should also exist in the three-dimensional world. And at the time, I didn't really listen to her. I think I was being a little stubborn. <laughs> but then I, um, after school and I had a bit more time, I decided I was going to really give it a shot. So I started, I bought myself like a bunch of clay and I started kind of on a smaller scale. And then eventually I... I with the with the help of my gallery, they they liked what I was doing, and they said they offered to help me make a life size to scale bronze woman, which is in my show in New York right now. So I I sculpted her to scale uh, and um, built her up with like aluminum foil and and everything. And yeah, this is like a new this is a new development for me. So I'm still very much like figuring it out as I as I go along. You said the sculpture is to scale so it means it's fairly large oh yeah she's big she's she's pretty much my size maybe a little bigger when I sculpted her I made her like to the size she currently is like they didn't they didn't scan her in and size her up I wanted to like my finger marks to be like present in the final piece so that's why I decided to do it that, that way wow it's amazing so do you, do you think you'll be building on that part of your practice I think so I I like doing, I like, one of the reasons I like being an illustrator was that it was very multimedia. Like you could, you could paint, you could draw, you could sculpt, you could use collage. And I think as an artist, I think similarly, even though I tend to be more 2D based, uh, I like paint in my show, there are paintings, but there's also drawings. And then there is the sculpture. Um, and I also made a screen print for the show as well, a show poster. So I think I like going between these media. I think they inform each other. And uh, I don't know, it keeps me as ex excited as an artist as well. So I think for that reason alone, I, I'm going to keep doing it. Which one do you ex enjoy the most? I mean, drawing has always been the most comfortable thing for me because it's, it's something I've done the longest. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I used to only draw in sketchbooks. And so that's like my con that was like my connection to art from the very beginning. I love painting, too. And... Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of screen printing because of uh, the the vibrant flat colors that I can achieve with it. And sculpture is so new. I I I don't know how it ranks between all those things because it's just such a new thing for me. Yeah. So I read that um, you love music, and I'm just curious how how do you decide on your titles? Does music influence that at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I I do sometimes write the titles myself. But but some, but often I, I will borrow lines and lyrics from songs I listen to or from poems, um, and it's so it it kind of happens either it could be before I make the painting or during or after it, it's hard to decide how that goes. But oftentimes I'll just be listening to something or or actively looking for something, and so I like listen to multiple things in search of a title, and when I hear something and I just I know it's right when I, when I hear it. And I think I just, I, I, I like having that narrative element in the title to kind of just add that extra layer to the painting. And I think that does come from my background as an illustrator. Cause I, 
because words and language were such a big part of me making the images. Usually I would respond to a written prompt and then make the illustration. Obviously painting is slightly different, but I think my mind just thinks that way. And I like having the connection to language, particularly to music and song and poetry. Cause I think that's how I think as an artist, I, I'm very intuitive and playful with my work. And I think music plays into that very well. So what type of music do you enjoy? Really all sorts. I like, I played piano and, and clarinet in high school. So I like a lot of classical music, but I love, um, I love a lot of jazz. I love uh, oldies from the fifties and sixties, like the Beatles, the Turtles, Beach Boys, the Supremes. Um, I recently been listening to disco. I like Donna Summer. Um, it's like all sorts of different, it depends what mood I'm in. It really affects what I listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I love music. Um, yeah. And, and when people view your work, is there an association you think between your titles and the actual work? I think so. I think, I mean, unfortunately in galleries, this is something I'm still trying to figure out. You, you don't really see the title unless you're looking at the PDF of the show, but I think on my website, I include all my titles, you know, with each painting. And if I ever introduce a painting or talk to someone about a painting, I always share what the title is. And I, and usually when people find it out, I think it does help them kind of find a way to like enter the painting or see it in a different way, maybe. Yeah, I noticed them. They're short. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're either a couple words, sometimes a sentence, but but not much longer. Yeah, no, it's good. I really enjoy your work. It's, I really enjoy it a lot. Thank you. So this has been great chatting. So I'm going to ask the last question. Allows us to get into your head a little bit more. And um, what do you feel your role is as an artist? Oh, I think, I think personally, I think my role as an artist is to uh, just be as authentically me as I can in my work and in my life and be as free as possible and kind of hopefully like filter whatever it is in my mind as directly as I can onto the canvases I paint or drawings I make or sculptures I sculpt. Cause I think like that is like, if anything else, whether people take away the mean, the deeper meaning of the work or not, I think, I think like people can tell if you're being an honest person in your work or honestly depicting, like sharing yourself with them. And I think, I don't know, I think more people should feel that way in their lives, even if they're not artists, is find a way to be like authentically themselves or free as be as free as possible and kind of realize that the world has all these rules and regulations, but we as humans don't have to fit so neatly into everything, into these categories. Um, I think the artist, yeah, can like reimagine our place in the world or how to move through the world. That's like a difficult thing, but it's something that it's the reason I make work and it's what I hope people do get from it in some way, whether it's from me as an artist or other artists. I think all artists do this in different ways. Yeah. I, I think you also convey the, the importance of doing what makes you happy and feeling free to express yourself. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Anna. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm always appreciative of talking to 
to artists and young minds that just get creative and let it all go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been nice speaking with you. No, thank you, Phyllis. Thank you for uh, wanting to talk to me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.